Good morning, everybody. My name is Grant, one of the pastors here at Cedar Valley Church, and we are super excited that you have chosen to spend part of your morning, part of your weekend, really, with us together online. We have got a great service ready to go for you. And just before we get into that, I have a few announcements to keep you up to date and informed about some of the stuff happening that we're doing this summer. So starting with that, one of the things that we are doing for the summer is uh, what we're really excited for. It's an F2F or face-to-face. Very exciting that we get to kind of start doing some of that. Face-to-face gathering we're doing on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. called COVID Cafe. And what that is, is just when the weather's nice, we're gonna be hanging out outside, bring a snack, bring a drink, uh, bring a lawn chair. Uh, If the weather's not great, we have a huge space inside here, but we just wanna build a hangout together to chat face-to-face a little bit, update each other about what's going on in each other's lives and pray for each other. Talk about some of the bigger things going on. So a time of fellowship, a time of prayer, it's an open invite. If the group gets way too big, we're gonna make sure we keep stuff safe. So we'll spread out into some multiple areas too. But Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. COVID Cafe, we would love for you to come out and join us on that. That's happening here at the church. Another thing we're doing this summer that we are really excited for is bedtime stories for the kids. And so what that is, is we've got uh, some of our pastors here, some of our leadership, our Bible adventures teachers that we haven't been able to hang out and see the kids too much these last couple months, but we are reading some great wholesome stories out loud. We're videoing those, we're sending those out to you. And that's happening Sunday evenings. So you can watch with your kids just before bedtime. And uh, yeah, just engage with some absolute classics, some really wholesome, great stories. And the best way to get those is by signing up for our email newsletter. Now this isn't just a scam to send you some more spam emails. Uh, It's one of the best ways that we can do this properly and legally, get you the videos uh, of us reading these bedtime stories, but it's also a fantastic way to stay up to date with all the things happening week to week here at Cedar Valley. That's signing up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can do that by heading over to cedarvalley.ca. You can scroll to the bottom of the page or there's a pop-up there. You'll see it on multiple different pages there, a way to sign up. And yeah, we'd love to interact with you in those ways. Now that's email. We're also actually just about to send out uh, a real mail, like hard copy, right? Typewritered out, everything like that with a postage stamp lick and stick it there. Uh, We're actually sending out a a real mail. We've done a couple of them already just to give you an update about what's going on at the church because we don't see each other face-to-face that regularly, not all of you. And uh, if you haven't gotten any of those, but you would like to be included in those kind of mail-outs, it means we don't have information for you. We don't have any contact information. So we need you to let us know that you would like that email or you'd like that mail out. Uh, We need your address or your phone number, whatever kind of information like that. And you can update us by sending us an email at hello at cedarvalley.ca or giving us a phone call 604-826-2445 because we want to make sure that nobody gets missed out on all this. Um, And you know, while we're meeting online like this, uh, it's great that we can worship, fellowship and pray together, but it's a little bit different. But speaking about our online ministries, we want to make sure that we are serving you as best we can online with a video format like this. So we're also sending out a little bit of a survey that's also on our website, it's online, it's going to be sent out in the emails, it's going to be sent along with the real mail as well. And we just want to get a sense of how you're, how well you're able to access and interact with and 
learn and really just grow from these kind of services. And just if you'd be able to take the time to fill out that survey, uh, whenever you see it popped up, there'll be a lot of different ways it's coming at you. Give us your honest feedback. Give us some good positive feedback too, because you know we're trying our best and I think that we're having a great time interacting in a new format like this. But we would love to uh, add to, increase, better this kind of ministry so we can serve you the best way we can. So we're gonna get started with the service in just a moment. There's gonna be a time of worship. There'll be lyrics on the screen so you can engage however you feel best and comfortable to do that. Afterwards, we have a awesome lesson and activity from Pastor Doug for the kids, kids of all ages really, so parents don't tune out for that. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Afterwards, we have a teaching time, Bible-fueled answers uh, in our Ask Why series from Pastor Rob, so don't duck out early. It's going to be a great service. This morning we're talking about why the church is against racism in our Ask Why series. Just real questions that the world honestly wonders about what's going on in church if they're not part of it. So we're talking about that, exploring what the Bible looks like that. But we're just going to open this service up with a time of prayer, with the topics we're going into, a time of worship, the faithful giving that you provided financially, prayerfully for our church. So just join me in a moment of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, God, that we are able to join you together in whatever format it is, God. You are present with us in our homes, in the church building with some of us who are watching the stream together, God, if we're joined together wherever it is, on our phone maybe, God, on a walk in the park. You have told us that your spirit is with us. So I just pray that you bless this time that we are able to learn from you, grow from you. God, I just pray that you bless the offering that's been taken, um, that's been given actually freely, God that you just multiply it and apply all of that, whether it's financially, whether it's time served, whether God is just our gifts and skills, that you just multiply it for your kingdom, your mission here in mission, God, and it's all through you. God, we especially just pray the focus that we're talking about today, racism, God, people who are just discriminated against, who are harassed, treated poorly, God, who are really uh, met with violence in their life that they have no reason to do with no control of, over themselves, God, your gospel, your good news is the only answer that can change this world for the better, in, especially in that area. So God, we just pray that this is a message that penetrates our hearts, God, that is something that can be penetrated in the minds of everybody around us in this whole world. God, we just pray for your furthering of the kingdom. God, we thank you for the sacrifice your son Jesus made for us. God, you are an amazing God. We love you. Thank you for loving us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Okay, church, just before we get into it, if you're watching live, we're going to get started with a little bit of a discussion question uh, just as we head into that. So if you're watching live, head over to the comment section of Facebook or YouTube and let us know what one of your favorite activities to do with one of your best friends growing up. We know whether that was Pogs, well, that's really dating me, I guess. Maybe it's just video games, or maybe this is some stories from before video games even existed. But head over to the comment section of Facebook or YouTube. Let us know what your favorite activity to just head over to your best friend's house. You just sit down and you just do it instantly all the time. Yeah, what those kind of things are. Maybe you still do them every day, but that'd be great. We're in for a great service this morning, Cedar Valley. Thanks for tuning in.
church family, welcome to church. Thanks for joining us. Please join us as we sing together. How great the chasm that lay be. 
Hey there, Cedar Valley kids. It is great to be with you again this week. But before we get going with our lesson, I just want to give a word to those of you parents who may be watching with your children that didn't attend the Bible Adventures here at Cedar Valley before all of this COVID stuff happens. What we're doing with our live stream, every few weeks we deliver some simple items that will help the children interact with the story that we're telling. And we would love to get those items to you as well. So if you live in the mission area, just let us know and then we can get those items to you so your children can be involved in all of the great activities that happen during our Sunday morning live stream. Anyways, well let's get to our activity. Did you know, kids, that years ago on a TV show, Sesame Street, they did this activity called, One of These Things is Not Like the Others. They would show a picture of maybe about four items, and one of them would be different, and you would have to guess which one it was. Well, we're going to play that game now, and so I hope you can join me. I'm going to bring up a picture and you're going to have a few moments to see which one is different, which one is not like the others. Then I want you to get your parents to quickly type in an answer so that we know if your guess is right or wrong. So let's begin and let's see our first picture. Which one is not like the others? So you can take a look along here. Which one is different than the others? Can you tell? Can you see it? Time's up. If you guessed this one right over here, that's right. These are all statues and that's a real cat. Let's go to the next one. What do we see? Aha! What about this one? Which one of these animals is different than the others? I'm just going to give you a few moments. Quickly find it. Get your answer in. And if you guessed this one right in here, this little pup in the whole group of sheep, you're right. We've got another one for you here. What's our next one? Oh, this is interesting. It looks like it's in the back of a van and it looks like maybe there's some suitcases, bags already stacked in there. Now, one of these is different than the others. Can you tell which it is? If you guess this one way over here, you're right. That's actually a boy with a bright colored shirt tucked over. He's not a bag, he's a boy. You, if you guessed him, you got it right. I think we've got a couple more here. Oh, look at this one. A whole group of flamingos. Now, you may have to look close, because you know what? When I first saw this picture, I first said, hey, all of these flamingos are standing on two feet, except for this guy. And then he realized, whoa, that wasn't right. All of these are flamingos. Have you sent in your answer yet? Except this guy. He's not a flamingo. He's different. And we've got two more, I believe. Ah, here we go. Now, this looks like a display in a store. We've got a whole bunch of supermen. But, can you see the difference? Look very closely. If you have a small phone or a tablet, you're going to have to pull it up closely. Now, if you guessed this guy, you're right. There's a Batman in the midst of all of these supermen right here. And we've got one more for you. This is the toughest one yet. Now, what you see is a whole pile of firewood. And you see lots of individual pieces of firewood. But one of these pieces of firewood is different than all the others. I'm going to give you maybe just a little extra moment because this is tough. It took me a while to see it. 
Have you got it yet? Type in your answer. Now, if you look up this stack of firewood right to the top, right there, that's actually not a piece of firewood at all. It's a gold-colored cat snoozing on the firewood. He's different than all the rest. <laughs> Way to go. Thanks for playing this game with me. That was a whole lot of fun. You know, sometimes it's important to be able to spot a difference, to see if something is different. But if we treat people differently because they look different or are a little bit different, well, that's just hurtful and wrong. I do have one more picture for you that I want to show you, and so let's take a look at it now. This is Jackson and Reddy. And you know what? Jackson and Reddy, they are best buds. And this, they had an idea. They wanted to trick their kindergarten teacher because they thought Jackson here, he used to have really long blonde hair. And so they had this idea. If he got his head shaved, just like Reddy, then the next day when they went to school, their teacher wouldn't be able to tell them apart because they would look so much the same, they wouldn't look different anymore. Well, you know what? They got to school and they did look a lot the same, but I think the teacher could still tell them apart. But when they looked at each other, they didn't see a difference in themselves in color. They just saw how they were the same. And that's a really good lesson for us to know. Do you know that in the book of Genesis, right at the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 27, it says that we are all created in the image of God. That's right. Every single one of us. That means we are all equal. Even though we live in different parts of the world, and maybe we look a little bit different, we talk different, and maybe we think or act differently. God loves us all the same. And there's a story in the Bible, in the book of John, chapter 4. Now, Jesus and his friends, they're heading off to visit another town. And this town, it's quite a ways away. It's a long ways. It's so long that we would have taken a car. But you know what? They didn't have cars back then, so they were walking. Now, they had been walking all morning, and they still had a long way to go. So they were tired and thirsty and hungry, so they stopped. And then where they were, where they stopped, Jesus started talking to a woman who was already there at this place. And she was kind of surprised that Jesus would be talking to her. Because you know what? The place, the people in the place where she grew up didn't like the people in the place where Jesus grew up. They didn't talk to each other. As a matter of fact, they didn't like each other at all. But that didn't make a difference to Jesus. He showed her kindness, and he wanted her to know that God, God loved her just like he loves everybody else. Even if other people thought she was different and they didn't like to talk to her or be with her. 
So as you think about that, I also want you to know that because Jesus, Jesus treated her with kindness, that she went into the village, into the town, and she told lots of people. And it says in the Bible that lots of people from the town believed in Jesus because of his kindness and his love. And as you think about that, what I'd like you to do, while your parents watch Pastor Rob preach his sermon, I want you to think and then write down maybe somebody that you know. Maybe they get treated badly because they look different or they talk a little bit different or the clothes they wear are a little bit different. And I want to think, I want you to think of a way that you could show them kindness. Just like Jesus showed kindness to everybody. It doesn't matter what they look like or how they talked or what they wore. And then, once you write that down, you can talk with your parents afterwards on maybe something that you can do for them to show them that they're welcome and you can be kind to them. So remember, everyone, that's all of us, have been created in the image of God and God loves each of us and we should love everyone as well. So. Have a great week showing kindness to everyone you see. Bye for now. Good morning, Cedar Valley Church. Maybe the question isn't, are you racist? But how are you racist? One of the biographies of Jesus, the Gospel of John, opens by announcing that God became flesh and blood and dwelled among us in the name of Jesus. Or as one of my favorite English versions puts it from the message, God moved into the neighborhood. Jesus lived a little more than 33 years on this planet about 2,000 years ago. He came to show us God's love, to save us from our sin, to shut down religion, and to set up his kingdom of love and forgiveness. You see, Jesus puts a face to God. If we wonder what God is like, Jesus is our answer. This first century Jewish rabbi named Jesus was walking one day from Jerusalem to Galilee, from the northern part of Palestine to the southern part of Palestine, which is roughly 100 kilometers, give or take. So he made a stop on his way. And just for those number crunchers out there, someone has estimated that Jesus, during his three years of public healing and teaching, traveled roughly 3,125 miles, an average of 20 miles per day on foot. That's 32 kilometers a day for us Canadians, which would mean that Jesus spent at least 1,076 days and nights on the road during that time. Man, I've never thought about this before, but Jesus 
was a road warrior. Back to the story. Jesus made a stop on his way in a place called Sychar at a well, which of course you do because you've been walking for miles in desert terrain. But this isn't just any well. It's very specific here. It's Jacob's well. So many really significant historical, spiritual encounters have taken place here at this well site. This is where, for instance, Abram first came when he arrived in Canaan from Babylonia. This is where God first appeared to Abram and renewed the promise of giving the land to him and his descendants, including Jacob. This is where Jacob built an altar to the Lord and called it El Elohi Israel. God is the God of Israel. This was the plot of land that Jacob gave to his son Joseph and where Joseph eventually would be buried. And this is where Joshua, Moses' successor, renewed Israel's covenant with God when he famously said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This place is soaked with spiritual significance. So it makes us wonder what's going to happen here. It's around noon in the heat of the day. Jesus is tired and he's hot and he's thirsty. We'll pick up the story from there, reading from the Gospel of John chapter 4. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, you you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. How, how can you ask me for a drink? And in, a, in an unusual uh, or unique uh, way, there's this parenthetical text, not common in the Bible, but it says, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And that's an understatement, as we'll talk about in a moment. There's already a lot, though, going on in these two verses, verse 7 and verse 9. This would have been an unusual time of day for a woman to come to the well. And to do that alone, typically women came for water earlier in the day, uh, at a cooler time in the day, and they would come in groups. So this woman was some kind of social outcast. And by tradition, Jesus, a rabbi, would never speak to a woman in public. Not even his own wife, actually, if he had one. And it was very unusual for a Jewish person of that time to ask a favor or accept a drink from a Samaritan person because of what is said in the parenthesis in this text. Jesus Jews, of which he was one, didn't associate with Samaritans because of a long history of political and religious enmity. A long history of racism. For instance, when the Jews were permitted to return to Jerusalem from exile, the Samaritans were ready to welcome them back. But the exiles hated the Samaritans 
because they had stayed behind. They saw them as renegades and half-bloods because they intermarried. And so the us-them dichotomy began. Us Jews, them Samaritans. The Jews rejected the help of the Samaritans to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. The Samaritans worked hard with the then Persian rulers to undermine those renovations. Then a grandson of the high priest, Eliasheb, married a daughter of Sanballat, the governor of the province of Samaria, which to the Jews was a major religious no-no. They felt it defiled the priesthood, and so they actually banished Eliashib and his whole lot from Jerusalem. All right then, said Eliashib and his whole lot, and built their own temple on Mount Gerizim. Apparently, this is when the full break between Jews and Samaritans took place. But it gets better, and by better I mean much worse. The Jews would later destroy the Samaritan temple and ravage the territory. And in return, sometime later, around the time of Jesus, the Samaritans profaned the temple in Jerusalem. You remember the temple from which they were banished, and so they had to build their own? They profaned that temple by scattering the bones of dead people in the sanctuary, like by anyone's measure. That's a major religious no-no. Politics and religion. Yikes! So this is some of the back story to our story, which is important to know so that we can appreciate the force of what's happening. We can appreciate what Jesus broke through. Here's a recap. A Jewish rabbi is sitting with a Samaritan who is also a first century woman. Like, that's a trifecta of political and religious troubles. So, she was, understandably, caught by surprise when Jesus sat and spoke with her. Surprised he, a Jew, would ask anything of a Samaritan, and he, a man, would talk at all to a woman in a public place. Jesus answered her. This is verse 10 now in John chapter 4. If you knew the gift of God, who it is, that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus is looking to stir her curiosity about the things of God, if you knew the gift of God, about who he is, who it is who says to you, and about what he could give her. He would have given you living water, he says. By the way, if there ever was a man who could accurately describe himself as a gift of God, it would be Jesus. Now, we might wonder what this phrase, living water, means, and we should because it's important to the text. In some minds, Maybe even this Samaritan woman's mind, it would refer to a spring. Maybe even a spring close by, because a spring seems alive as it bubbles up from the ground. But Jesus made it a play on words. He met the spiritual water that quenches spiritual thirst 
what we most long for and most need and gives life inside out. He actually meant him, a relationship with him. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks this water, I give him, will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus knew that this woman, and everyone in the village for that matter, had to come to Jacob's well every day to get water to satisfy their natural thirst. So he used thirst, what was on the mind, what was relevant for this Samaritan woman as a picture for everyone's spiritual need. And listen to his offer. Jesus offers a lasting spiritual thirst quench, a lasting source for this life-giving water from which she could drink again and again and again, not just a one-time top-up that would satisfy her forever, but a continual connection with him. Going back to living water here, just giving you that as a visual reminder of what we've talked about. So no need to come at noon, no need to come by yourself, no need even for a bucket. In relationship with Jesus, it would bubble up from within her. So why does the church oppose racism? <laughs> because Jesus did, and he's our leader. Jesus broke through barriers of culture and race to speak to a woman and to ask a Samaritan for help. And then he offered her what she most needed. So here's the question for the morning, I suspect. Do we live this way, moving towards others without prejudice to offer them something they most need. Maybe the question isn't, are you racist? But how are you racist? Now, to close this teaching time off, I have a series of questions. And it can sound like just a list of me reading stuff. I don't want it to be that. So I'm going to invite you to posture yourself, to listen to the Spirit of God. If it helps you to close your eyes, go ahead and do that. But I want you to enter into a conversation with the Spirit in you around these questions and ask the Spirit to reveal any areas you're like, oh yeah, that is me. And let that conviction, which is a good thing, by the way, stir you to action. Wonder with the Spirit what you might do to change or make change. Or even to celebrate with Him how some of these things are in evidence in a good way. So, here are the questions. Process them with the Spirit and determine, maybe even if you hear one, 
One of the questions, okay, that's, that's it. Stay there and dialogue with the Spirit about that. I'm saying this because like so much of our faith, it's, it's, um, it's a heart issue. Here we go. Do we sit with others who aren't like us? Do we listen to them with respect? And do we learn about them? Do we stimulate their curiosity for God about who he is and what he offers? Do we build our conversations with them on what's relevant and important to them like Jesus did? Like thirst. Do we ask them for help? Do we offer them ours? Or do we get bogged down in ignorance and fear? Do we hold to our stereotypes without getting to know people and people groups? Do we educate ourselves about people groups who live around us, who are literally our neighbors in the city of Mission? Do we say derogatory things under our breath or over our breath about people who aren't like us? Do we post things online that support us and them dichotomies? Do we do destructive or hurtful things to people who are different than us? Or do we not do things that would be helpful, withholding? What we think, what we say, what we do, these are places where we can be racist in our thoughts, in our words, and the things that we do. And does our ignorance breed fear? Will they hurt us? Will they take something we have or take back what was theirs? Will they subjugate me in return? Are we afraid of being mocked or judged by our families or friends? If we stand with people who stand for the equity of all people. Are we afraid of the scale of these things? That some racism and prejudice has lasted so long that we don't know what to do about it or even where to begin. Well, there are no simple answers to this question. Do we live this way, moving towards others without prejudice to offer those people what they most need? Just a simple example from a simple story. Jesus moved in compassion towards the Samaritan woman. He listened to her and he asked her questions. And then he offered his help. He shows us the way. And Father God stands with him, who says in his word to us, the Bible, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and riches, bless 
richly blesses, pardon me, all who call on him. That's from Romans chapter 10, verse 12. And then this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever. God came to us, gave us what we needed, forgiveness and life through Jesus Christ, the Jewish road warrior rabbi. He came for all and he is for, not against, everybody. Let's pray. Father, we have lived uh, these last two months in a time that has caused us to think about what racism looks like in, in our lives, in our country, may be prompted by what's happening in the south of our country. And frankly, uh, addressing that large piece, historical, global, seems way too big. And so what we find here in this story is what we can do personally, individually. And if together we would act this way, we would start to see change, I think. So help us draw into what your spirit may have revealed when we were asking ourselves those questions so that we would more and more be characterized as people who move towards others with compassion, who listen to understand, who ask questions, who uh, speak into relevant and meaningful topic, and to, and to just flat out offer people the best of what we can to meet their needs. In Jesus' powerful and precious name we pray. Amen. God bless Cedar Valley.